0: the text that uh, she had received from her message and all these positive, encouraging affirmation and feedback and and ways that it touched people. So she's telling me then what to talk on. I was like, how about you just speak? Just do a part two. And she's like, no, I'm not speaking again. And I was like, well, you're telling me what to say. I was going a totally different realm, so I'll save that for next week. I was just going Ezekiel 47, faith, you know, the river of God, the river of refreshing and, and the joy and all these things. She's like, what about, you know, the heart? And what about you know these these different things and obedience and the other areas that Ezekiel that she mentioned last week and I was like so we agreed to co-speak today uh, so that's what we're gonna do um, so do you want to kind of just share like how that link from the last week to this week
1: yeah yeah so um, just as I studied and if you watched along with us last week you know that there was just so much that was being unpacked and just as you study through Ezekiel and um you, you dig into it, you realize like there are there are so much more to the to the rest of that book. and um so I just felt like, and this is where I was like, you need to you should do this because I felt like if we didn't continue kind of into the next phase of that, what that just kind of felt like I was like left with a cliffhanger type of a thing, you know I'm like, you know, and so I just really want to tie that in a little bit here and then and then he's gonna roll with some really good stuff too. so. Basically, just to kind of revisit that, we talked about the Valley of Dry Bones, we talked about, um, you know, our hearts, and Ezekiel 36, where it talks about the stony heart, you know, and that, that was something that just really resonated with me, and that, as I was talking to a lot of people, it felt like that was one of the main things that came out of the the overall message, and so I just really wanted to lean into that just for a little bit this morning, just about the stony heart, because it's one thing to say it, mention it, and to remind you of it, but it's a whole other thing to to actually be like, okay, well, what does that process actually look like, and how, what what does that mean, and how do I move out of having an entirely stony heart, or maybe just small places of my heart that are just hardened, and so that's what I want to tap into this morning. Honestly, that's just like a huge topic. It's It's almost like it is one of the, the, the core parts of who we are as we walk out as a son and a, or a daughter of Christ. And, and so many times we want to make sure that we look really well on the outside and that we um, portray things well from the outside, and a lot of us, myself included, have trained ourselves of how to to come out from the outward and and make an appearance that everything is great and fantastic and I'm doing awesome and my everything's great my heart's amazing and all these things and sometimes we get into that habit where we feel like if if we're doing that then then it's fine well it's it's not fine because that is what feelings I'm not expressing. Which means there's stuff going on in my heart, and we want to address that. And we will never be able to walk in the fullness of what God's called us into or the fullness of the goodness that he has for us if we're not completely and utterly and wholly just giving it all, exposing it all, dealing with it all within our heart. And and it's such a gentle, sweet Um, reminder it's a gentle nudge it's a gentle invitation from the lord to allow us to walk in so much goodness and so that's what we're going to kind of tag into here just for a couple minutes now my question would be two things number one are you going to interject while i'm talking with if you want to you can okay yeah number two which camera am i looking at I'm having the a hard ones. time. I was like looking up here, and I was like, "Well, maybe you I should look down here." All right. Ones. So, do you have an interjection?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to talk about holiness, and um, so I got some definitions and looked at some of the Greek and Hebrew words, the root words of holiness. And uh, for us, it's been a journey. Especially Nicole really wanted me to share like some some heart issues that I've navigated through, uh, coming from literally what we call a holiness background. And, um, and then also then, but where, where I encountered the Lord in different aspects of the Lord that I hadn't yet encountered, hadn't been exposed to, hadn't really walked in. Um, so, so anyway, true holiness is, is defined as a life-pleasing on all levels possible to the Lord. Um, so another, some of the Hebrew meanings meant sacred, to purify, to consecrate. And uh, one of the greatest meanings that I found was what you belong to So holiness literally comes under a definition of what you belong to which then can be translated um, To means to belong to God So if you're if you're walking in holiness and you're you're pursuing a life of holiness Then it's actually a life belonging to the Lord and then um, a common synonym that we would use often is righteousness so righteousness in my the best definition i've ever kind of conjured or come up with or heard and stole or whatever was um a right standing with god so this is an intimate thing and and i think nicole one of the things that we were talking about is so i i got saved around 13 years ago and encountered the love and the power of jesus and so i went like i i, I came from a, a a culture that was very strict very Uh, Religious and but then I kind of went back in and I became what I would call legalistic And meaning like it was all about rules It was always about trying to please the Lord and it was always about in this way of performance in this way of Of trying to earn more love or this way of of if I do good if I sin less then he'll love me more and and all of these things And and it's really it was out of duty and obligation and, and out of this realm of of fear and that, that's what I would define, like, legalism and the pursuit of holiness is, is where I'm trying to do things to avoid or fear of the punishment of God, fear of hell. And, and, and that's the way that I kind of grew up, or at least the way that I had then moved into early in my, uh, my walk with the Lord was, was just having the hell scared out of me. And uh, versus the love of the Father, and that's that's the difference. Because true holiness is actually an intimate connection. It's what Nicole's saying. It is a heart connection to the Father. So it's just described like in a marriage or with your children. I don't want my kids to take out the trash or or uh, feed the chickens or do their chores based on a fear of punishment because they fear me as their dad. Now there is a good healthy fear that's a reverence that's an awe of the lord And there's a good thing of just like a submission to his authority and his love and his goodness But I don't want to do and the same in a marriage like I don't not cheat on nicole because i'm afraid of divorce That's that's not healthy. That's that's pursuing rules and regulations. That's pursuing um, What we do versus who we are I I don't cheat on nicole because I love her because I know she loves me, because we have an emotional a heart, a love connection, and that's the same with the Lord. So, so then I got exposed to the Father's heart and the Father's love. And I'll finish this. And uh, am I talking too long for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me finish this one point. She told me to talk about this and I share just my he was story. I rejecting.
1: I know. I didn't know we were at that part yet. I got a little bit more to say before we get there, but it's fine.
0: Oh. <laughs> I had heart stuff, and I was like, okay, we'll go into that. So I kind of called this section grace versus legalism. So then I encountered the Father's heart, and I encountered God as Father and and as Abba, and and that I had this revelation, this impartation of a child of God as a son. And then I veered way far the other way. So as I started my true walk with the Lord, I, I started in this legalism kind of like rules thing, and then I moved far to the other extreme because I never wanted to go back there. And then I was walking in like what I call hyper grace and and what that was is is this realm of which I can do anything because the father loves me. I can I can do what I want. Well, that's not a good heart Again, I don't want to obey just out of fear of punishment but at the same time Grace doesn't give us this legal right to do whatever we want Grace is actually the love that compels us to intimacy to want to do what's right so righteousness isn't this, this thing to where we have to be righteous. No, we get to be righteous, right standing with the Lord, where our heart is actually connected to the Lord. Our heart is connected to the Father. Our heart as a bride is connected to the groom. And, uh, and that's the realm of which which I, I kind of went both ways here. I went way far to religion, and then I went way far to, to hyper-grace. Then to find out through this, these years of this journey that the sinner is love. That God, we are rooted and grounded in love. Hey, hey. so we, it's, the, it's love, that God is love, and, and I'll get into some more of that here in a minute.
1: Okay, so what I was kind of to lead into the holiness piece is this idea that in Ezekiel, he initially mentions our heart and the value of our stony heart. And then, if you keep reading in there, he goes into giving a vision, the Lord gives a vision to Ezekiel of the temple, right? So now he's talking about the temple, which is going to be this place where everyone's gathering and where his people are gathering. Next, he talks about the directions, the directions for those who are entering the temple. And the fact that that's mentioned tells me that it's important to the Lord that our hearts and the purity and the holiness, um, it's important to him, that our hearts are there. And that goes along with what he was saying because I think that sometimes we look at this and we're like, oh, okay. If I'm gonna serve God, then I have to have this rule, that rule, this direction. I have to obey this, that I do that check mark here. The, 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 and we get over to where He was talking about this legalism side, this checking off the the list of 25 rules and making sure I'm doing all of those things. But it was, but that's out of this. Oh, I'm just doing it because it's it's I have to do these things. No, th- but I I also am finding that that is something that's important to Him because He mentions it. It's it's about our hearts. It's about building the temple. It's about, okay, the ones who go into the temple. And then he lands on this idea of teaching about holiness. Because he's talking about the priests and the leaders and and how they need to teach on holiness. And so we know that it's valuable. It's important. and And it's not because God wants to control us. It's not because, oh, you need to be perfect. No, it's because he knows that when our hearts are aligned with him, it's our desire to walk in purity, it's our desire to walk in holiness. And and why? Okay, why? Why does why should that even be something that's super important to us? Yeah, we know it's important to him. I mean, if, if we know that we're all going to sin, because it says we all f- sin and fall short of the glory of God, why is it so important then that we lean into our pure heart, our hearts that are sensitive? Why, why is it so important that we lean into holiness if it's not about a rule book, right? Why are these things so important to him? Well, I have a few verses that I want to read. Do you want me to keep going or do you, okay. All right, and so it says, in Matthew 5.8, it says, Blessed, which means anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart, who are those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character, for they will see God. And why do we even start on this journey? This whole journey of being a follower of Jesus. Why? It's because we felt something we know we needed a change in our heart. We felt the presence of God. We're intrigued by Him. And so a pure heart leads to leads us to seeing him, to encountering him, to to knowing him more clearly. I don't want to just have this superficial idea of God and feel like that's a good enough relationship. No, I want to remove all of the things that are preventing me from getting one step closer, and then another step closer, and then to this level and this level, and to walk out what he has for my life, and to experience his goodness and to feel his presence and to encounter him like never before. And so then it says in Proverbs fourteen, it says. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in our bones, and there's another reason. Like especially as we're talking about this pandemic that's going on right here, it tells us a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. And if for no other reason, in what you're experiencing, what we're experiencing right now, if for no other reason than to desire a healthy body then let's go after a peaceful heart. And our hearts will not be at peace until we address some of the junk that we have going on in there. So it's a commandment. It is also a commandment. In Matthew 22, it says, Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. It is a commandment. We get to love the Lord with all of our heart. Now, I have another—I have more to say. I have more to say, but I feel like you need a, a minute here.
0: So Proverbs 4.23 is just another verse that confirms kind of the things that you're saying is, above all else, it says, guard your heart. And one version says, for it's the wellspring of life, or other versions say, for everything flows from it. So I think that's one of the things that's been challenging even in some of this season is, is guarding our heart. I know there was a, a couple of weeks ago, I had to tell Nicole, like, quit watching the news. Uh, because it's not that the news is, is wrong, or even like, oftentimes it was even the speeches, like DeWine's speech, and uh, uh, the, Trump's addresses, and just different things, and it's like, it, it's not that that stuff's inaccurate, it's not, I'm, I'm not saying any of that right now, what I'm saying is, that's what we become focused on, and I want to hear more about what the Lord is saying than what anybody else is saying. Because a lot of times when we're watching that stuff, and we're listening to things, or listening to guys or ladies at work, or we're, we're hearing what our family may think, or, or whatever, and at times even like righteous people, even people I look up to, like I still need to be in tune guarding my heart and making sure I'm responding and listening most to what the Lord is saying. Because even though this stuff may really be happening, and, and COVID's real— my focus gets on that and then I start to work in this realm of fear or anxiety or these things and that's not guarding my heart and pursuing connection with the Lord and focusing on what he's saying it, it reminds me of going back to the message I preached about the storm and the waves and the wind Jesus was at rest in the boat you know and he comes up and just commands the waves and the winds to stop doesn't mean there weren't wind and waves there were they were present that was reality but our faith in the Lord changes everything no matter how it looks
1: So I was just thinking, as he's saying this, those are the very things, you know, infecting our minds with, um, if we're talking in relation to this, like the news, and what's the news media saying, like not learning how to, to discern or to eliminate things we shouldn't, that are overcrowding our heart, right? But beyond this, because there will come a day, when this isn't the primary thing that we're hearing about on the news, when it's not the primary thing that's on our mind, when it's not what we're constantly revolving around, right? There's going to be there's going to come a day for that. So then what? Well, there's other there are other things that crowd our heart and and things that create stoniness in our heart. And and it's as much as what we allow in. It's as much as what we watch, what we read, what music we listen to, who we surround ourselves with. Activities that we engage in, things that are kind of like borderline that you know that when you're uh, uh, taking part in that activity, that like you're not being who you're really called to be. All of those types of things are the very things that lead us into having these hearts that are hardened and clogged. And as I was studying this, I was thinking about people who have heart attacks. And you know, just recently we've had two people over the last couple of years one close to us and one kind of loosely related to us that have had these these heart attacks called the widowmaker and thank God both of them have survived but I started to think what is it that clogs arteries in the natural in the natural the arteries get clogged and that leads to hardening of the arteries and it's, it's like it's a buildup in the natural, a buildup of cholesterol and fatty deposits. So I started thinking, look, let's parallel that to our, our, our spiritual arteries and our spiritual heart. When we're putting in things that are not good for us, It begins to build up a wall. It begins to clog up the flow of him and us and him and us. And while at times little things may come along and we can still keep our flow going, over time, it's just like when we talk about the compromises and those types of things, over time, those begin to take over and create those hardened footpaths, those hardened footpaths that eventually are being completely shut off to the Lord. And we cannot just say, well, that's okay. It's okay. That This, eh, that's okay. This one time I slipped up with pornography, it's okay. No, I'm good now. No, this one time where I said this lie or I participated in this event or whatever, whatever. Those things add up. And, and those are the very things that cause us to feel a disconnect from Him. And when we're disconnected from Him, man, it just takes us on a bad path. And then, as we're trying to discern and all of these things, we're just so disconnected, we just are spinning. And we can't keep things straight. And then and then it just leads to a mess. So I'm not, this isn't a doom and gloom. I know that he's over here like, mm. but it's just a, a reality of how Uh, how our heart is impacted by the choices that we make in life and by our lack of pursuit of holiness and righteousness. And that's why it's so important to him. Because he knows that when that's not a priority in our lives, when that's not something that we're actively pursuing, he knows that then he's going to lose a connection with his son or his daughter. And he doesn't want to be disconnected from us. Right? Like, just like we sang, he's always running after us but it's the choices that we make that cause our hearts to be stony and hardened. And I wanna say one more thing too about our hearts. Also, there are times, there are situations, there are circumstances, there could be death that you've experienced, loss of a loved one, um, abuse. I mean, the way we were brought up, so many things in life that, that add, that begin to clog up the parts of our heart. It may be stuff that we didn't choose, it, I mean, we may be walking in a situation where we were abused as we were growing up, and that's not something that we chose, but it happened. And so those, those things also cause stony parts of our heart. And, and specifically, some of those hard, hard things, we just don't even want to address. We don't want to go there because we don't want to feel the pain of it. But man, the thing about the Lord is, His desire for us is so good, and that when we say yes to addressing those things... Man, it could be and it probably is going to be a little painful, but the freedom and the joy and the peace that we experience after walking through those things is so good. And so it's just this opportunity for us to examine our hearts and see what am I putting in? What have happened to me? What are things I've held on to? What do I need to address? What do I need to get rid of? you know, what's, to open up for Him.
0: What's amazing is during these seasons is when we're really squeezed, that's usually what pops out. When we get squeezed, that's usually the revelation of our heart. And the Bible says that our mouth is a reflection of our heart. So when we're squeezed, like, what's coming out? Is it fear? Is it, is it anxiety? Is it, is it just frustration or the, the thought of maybe giving up or those things? And when we're squeezed, like, that's when we know, is Holy Spirit really in us? Because the fruits of the Spirit, one of them is joy. And and there's peace, long, you know, all these things, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Those are the things. So when we're squeezed, especially during seasons, tough seasons like this, what's coming out? What's popping out? And and that's usually a reflection. And a lot of times, my mouth I use as an alarm clock or an indicator where my heart is. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs 17:22. It says this, it says a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And that connects, this heart thing connects back to Ezekiel 37 last week with the dry bones. And at times, we're oftentimes, we're looking at the dry bones. We're looking at the diagnosis. We're looking at, at the impact of the economy right now. We're looking at the news. We're, we're hearing when things are going to open up. It went off as a light switch. It's going to come back on as a dimmer. And those things are frustrating to hear. But as we're doing this, and a joyful heart, and I remember Joyce Meyer, once I was listening to one of her messages or reading one of her books, and she says, joy is a choice, so as, as we're doing this and as we're indicating and in like a joyful heart is, is like medicine, but a broken spirit, which, which you know, um, disappointment, frustration, these things, it dries up bones. So we go back to Ezekiel 37 and... He says, he, he tells him, look at the dry bones, prophesy the dry bones, speak to the bones. And all of a sudden, before they had skin, before they had flesh, before they looked pretty, before they looked like anything, it looked desolate. It looked like dead bones laying in a valley. And all of a sudden, they begin to make noise. They begin to move. They begin to come together. So a lot of times, before we even see flesh, we want to cover ourselves up. We want to get good before we can get baptized. And we want to do this and do that. And that, again, that's religion. Religion says, I need to get right before I get saved. I need to get right before I get baptized. But relationship says, come as you are. And a lot of times we see these dry bones, we see this stuff in our life, and and the Lord's just saying, prophesy to it. Declare, speak life. And all of a sudden, those things that look as though they're not, they are. Even though they've not taken the form of flesh, they've not taken the form of skin, you know, we want to just cover things up. We're good, we're good, yep. And that was the same thing with shame and Adam and even the Bible. They wanted to cover up the shame before they actually walked out in their true identity. And the Lord's saying, don't hide anymore. Prophesy the dry bones, the diagnosis. We don't have to sugarcoat it. Like, it's bad. But the heart, a joyful heart, is like a medicine, but a broken spirit. And when we allow um, frustration to interfere with faith, then oftentimes we lead down to a road of dry bones rather than bones coming to life.
1: I just want to say, though, there is going to be times when you don't— what comes out ain't pretty, and this week, we had a doozy. We had a, we had an issue with the fridge. The Refrigerator just, I went to get out something out of the freezer, and I'm like, this is soft. Wait a second. It's in the freezer. It shouldn't be feeling soft. And it was just like, it was just like the last straw for me. I don't know why. This week was just kind of a, meh. It was just not good. And man, I was like, I lost it. I got so frustrated. I was just, I was mad. I was angry. I started yelling at the girls, and then I, like, reeled it back in. I was thinking, you know, it's not their fault. They just took the wrath of my frustration. And so then I was like, I got to take my food somewhere. So I just told them, I'm leaving. I just need a minute. And in my two-minute drive, I, like, let it out (laughs) badly. Thank goodness no one else was in the car. And I, like, maybe. Yes. I can't lie. Yes! (laughs) And, uh i don't know who passed me as we were driving like people i don't she was getting I, <laughs>
0: squeezed and the fruit came out And
1: <laughs> it wasn't good it wasn't good Ugh. so did you repent after that was over with yes i did repent but i then i was like okay lord that wasn't pretty what came out what what is going on in here like what's that a reflection of really you know, is it this lack of trust? Do I not trust? Is it like, oh, it's another thing. God, you're not even taking care of us. Like, you know, and just just figuring out why did I respond that way? So I'm just saying all of this to say, like, it's a constant process. I am in process. People who've been walking with Jesus for 60 years are still in process. Yeah. And even if you've been doing this for a week, Gosh, what you've done in your process for this past week is awesome. And so we have have not arrived. We will not arrive. We have not arrived because we are not perfect. And so there is just grace. There is grace, and there is grace. There is grace when we are doing our best and we still fail. And there's grace for that.
0: The Lord's not looking for for perfection. He's looking for those who are laid down lovers, those who are in process, those who are humble and hungry. And uh, thankfully, because we've not been perfect this week, Now our washer's out, too, so we got to navigate through that one. (laughs)
1: Yep.
0: We're going to use our stimulus money and pay somebody else to hopefully fix that. Stimulate (laughs) the (laughs) economy! We're like, we're going to give away our money. Like, we're just—that's what we said, and and Mm -hmm. all these things keep happening. We're like, okay, we're going to give it to a repair person, or we're going to give it here or there. Like, we had this heart to, like, just give it, donate it, right? And uh, so we are just in a little bit different way now. Yeah.
1: I was just— I wanted to, I think that there are some of us who don't, maybe all of us, who don't know, okay, I, I see it, I understand, I realize that I have things to work on in my heart, but I don't even know where to start or how to do that, and the verse that just popped into my mind was Jeremiah 33, 3, where it says, ask me, and I will tell you, no, actually, I'm going to read the NIV version, call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And a lot of times when I've read that, I thought, oh, I'm going to ask about, like, these incredible, amazing things. And I don't know the context of what was actually happening there in Jeremiah and that book. But I know this, that the Lord brought it to my mind just now. And I felt like he's saying, just ask him. Ask him. And he will reveal things to you. Ask him with a willing heart. Like, God, I, I'm just going deep right now and just reveal to me things in my heart. I'm convinced that we all have things in us that we don't even realize. And at the perfect timing, as we're searching it out, he reveals them to us because he knows we're ready. Like, let's handle this. Let's deal with this. Let's walk through it.
0: Right now, why don't you just have some accountability? Step out in faith. And right now in the stream, in the comments, just put, what are some things you're asking for? And we've got prayer people that are watching those comments right now. And we've got people that will engage. And just right now, by a leap of faith, why don't you just ask? He says he withholds nothing for those who seek him and we're seeking him with 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 merry hearts with faithful hearts And and why don't you just do that right now? Just engage right now and just just what is something you're asking for? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's um, Maybe it's something I don't know what that is. Maybe it's health it concerns Maybe it's fear. I just believe right now as you make that comment the lord's going to intervene just through technology right now And he's going to expedite that process and he's going to answer your heart's cry he withholds nothing for those who seek him. Anything you ask in his name, he says, he will do it. In the gospel, he says that anything you ask in my name, I will do it. So with some accountability right now, just, just throw that out there and ask. There's a, there's a couple things that I, that I have. There's been a, a, a staple verse, Matthew 6.33, in talking, connecting... Pursuit of righteousness and holiness and intimacy with the Lord with worry, Are, can I go there, or do you have some other things? Is that fitting right I, now? I
1: have a couple verses that I, I'll just share at the end on how we pursue a pure heart because I think that you know having a pure heart enables us to eagerly desire holiness and want to continue a pure heart and keeping it pure. And so I have some, I have two really good verses um, that. That I can talk about at the end or if you want me to do
0: it now. Yeah, yeah you can close with that and okay. I'll just go here for a minute. And uh, like hyper grace or legalism or religion or all these things, duty or, or fear is, is wiped away when it's all rooted in love. And then 1 John 4, 7 through 21, that is the staple verse for, for this pursuit of love, this pursuit, because it's this whole section of scripture. So 1 John 4, 7 through 21, if you're taking notes. And and basically, I'll just read the first couple verses. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his Son in the world so that we might live through him. Meaning, righteousness and holiness is this, this oneness. It's, it's creating this intimacy where we become one. And our love begins to look like the love of Jesus. Our love to one another. Our love to Him. Our love to strangers. And the Lord, He begins to summarize this even when He's asking the greatest commandment. It says, Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Your whole being. Mind, body, soul, spirit. Love me. And it says, Love your neighbor as yourself. So our actions then, our actions are typically a symptom from our heart, whether that's good or bad. So, so what we get is this, this thing of like, okay, if I'm going to love well, then I'm be, being like Christ. And Nicole, we were talking last night about like Christ followers and what that is, and that became a really popular tagline. We're a Christ follower. Not just a Christian, not just a believer, but a Christ follower. Well, a Christ follower begins to look like Jesus and portray him and demonstrate him. And and many times, like, it's not out of fear. Because you go to the end of that scripture, it says there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So my motivation is not rooted in fear for holiness. My motivation is now love, which compels me to go far greater Listen, in a workplace, in an environment, morale, those things compel people to do way more. If they feel valued, loved, cherished, appreciated, they will walk through fire, they will walk through trenches, they will walk through war from covenant and love more than they ever would for fear. Fear, fear literally motivates temporary, and fear motivates short term, but love and value and covenant motivates for an eternity, and that's the thing. So my, one of the key verses for me is I, as I began this journey, and I was, I was struggling with tension in my life. And, and basically, we were moving into ministry. I was a new believer. We had just Chloe was just born. And I called a good friend of mine, Pastor Nathan Dalton. And I was struggling, like, how do you work full-time and, and youth pastor full-time and raise kids and maintain all this? And for me, at that moment, it felt like more chaos than even this moment that we're living in. And I just, how, and he gave me this verse, and he, he just says, Matthew six thirty three, bro. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, because I was struggling with time and like, not having enough time with my family. And I had a business that I was running and all these other things among, among all that. Just finished school, my degree. So he's like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I've never forgot that conversation. I remember where I was in the house because it, it changed my life, it changed my paradigm, that time would actually be multiplied in me seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And, and so in that, all of a sudden, he's like, it's not about the volume of time, it's the quality of time. And therefore, it's multiplied. So when you're with your kids and you're with your family, you're engaged there, and the Lord will make that better. And the same thing, and he just went through this, this process of addition versus multiplication, and he's talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, So as we seek God, we seek righteousness. Now, I find this interesting that that chapter, verses 25 uh, all the way through 34, is talking about worry and how connected worry is to the intimacy and connection and pursuit of righteousness. So he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all this will be added. So the first several verses before that's talking about worry. And he's like, "Do birds worry? No, I give them food. They don't worry where their next meal's coming from. Do flowers worry? No, they're more beautiful than Solomon. They're standing in the field waving and being beautiful and being amazing, and they don't worry. so aren't you?" And in both times he says, "Aren't you more valuable than birds? Aren't you more valuable than flowers? So don't worry. And it was literally that chapter is is really a, a a chapter of of basically like intimacy with the Lord or seeking the Lord, and in that, in our seeking the kingdom and His righteousness, is connected to not worrying. And I'll just read a couple uh, quotes here. Wendy Backlund says two things: worry is a misuse of our imagination. That's good. When we begin to worry, we begin to misuse the faith realm and the creative realm and the joy realm and the peace realm, which God's called us to live in. So she says it's a misuse of our imagination. Another great quote, thanks to Adam Bowling today, he says, she says this too. She says, worry is planning a future without God. That's so good that worry literally occupies our thoughts and, and we begin to like honestly navigate and plan out and map out this thing And it's literally planning a future without god. That's what worry does But seeking first his righteousness his kingdom also in seeking this intimacy with him and the fruit of that is holiness The fruit of that is righteousness when i'm seeking him first above all things Then all of a sudden worry goes away fear goes away because there's no fear in love perfect love god is love casts out all fear Boom. <laughs> yeah, I'm done.
1: Uh, I know there's a lot there's a lot and we've shared a lot but it's it's hope filled information right and I don't know about you but sometimes for me I just I hear like I'll hear a really great word or a message or a podcast or whatever and at the end of it I feel overwhelmed because I'm like that's where I want to get but I'm overwhelmed because I have no idea and it seems very hard and it seems like it's going to be a long time. And so, man, I just, I just have this verse that I just want to share with you and this is, this is just where you start. You just start here. It says, and this is Psalms 139, 23, 24. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all of my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on, and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. That just sums this whole entire thing up. It's just starting out with, God, I invite you, I invite you to search my heart. Just search my heart, and then just reveal things to me. Little by little, lots at a time, whatever. He knows what is the best thing to be revealed to you in this moment and man oh i just i'm just so thrilled you know this whole thing corona shut down the state stay at home orders all of this has led us up to these moments these moments where we have this this sudden revelation of like what am i doing and it's not just because i'm sitting at home but yet it is because we get to this moment where we're like I have nothing else to think about right now. And then suddenly this just opens up this opportunity for the Lord to search us, to just show us, to guide us, to direct us. And uh, I'm so thrilled for what this journey is taking me on, you on. Like, this is the beginning of huge, huge things and what God is doing in this world.
0: So... The end of Matthew 6.33, and I think we'll just kind of close like this, is in this pursuit of righteousness, in this pursuit of holiness, in this this connection with the Father, in this intimacy, in this oneness, all of a sudden fruit abounds. So at the end of Matthew 6.33, it says all these things will be added unto you. Then it says don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself in verse 34. But what does all these things added to you look like? What what does that look like to you? What does that look like, you know? And just begin to engage and put that on the stream right now. Begin to put that on the comments. What are all these things? If the Lord basically gave you this open-ended journal, and he says, whatever you want, just put down. I want my kids saved. I want, I want them finding godly spouses. I want I long for a spouse myself. Maybe you're single and that's one of your heart's cries. Or, or maybe it's to see my grandchildren serving the Lord. Maybe it's to, to be financially blessed to bless others. Maybe you have these dreams, these ministries. Maybe these, these ways to help trafficked people or, or it's the sex slave industry. Or maybe you have these dreams. So what does that look like to you that all these things will be added unto you? What does that look like to you? What, what does that mean? And, and it's just amazing that blessings are always connected to the heart. The Bible says this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll honor the desires of your heart. So this, this pursuit of intimacy with the Lord, this pursuit of connection, it says He withholds nothing for those who seek Him. So all of a sudden, it's all connected to the heart, what Nicole's saying. So the holiness is connected to the heart, as well as the blessings are always connected to the heart, because the blessings are always an overflow from our heart. When I'm full, my cup gets to run over, and I get to leak around everybody. And when you do good with little, much is given. The first time I met Rick Warren, this was awesome. We were at a conference. I got to shake his hand meeting. And, and I just remember, I'll never forget the sermon and the thing he spoke on. He was talking about his success of writing the book, uh, Purpose Driven Life. Now, that book is, is by far the, the, the best-selling book of all time, aside from the Bible, It's been the most translated into more languages than any other book, and it's been a top seller. So, you know, some of the first couple years in in production, he grossed $11 million. So he's talking and he's sharing at Bethany World Prayer Center in Louisiana when we were there. He was saying, so why did God use me? He's like, when I wrote this book, he's telling the story. He said, when I wrote this book, I was sitting in my personal office at my home, and I began to weep thinking that this book was just a book for, for our church. Just his local body there in California. He's like, so I thought as I writing it, it was just for our church. He's like, then the Lord did something way more. And he says, why? I asked the Lord why he did that. And he said this, because I knew I could trust you. That's what the Lord told Rick. He's like, because you've done good with little, I'll give you much. And because you're a good steward, and because I've entrusted you with this much, I can make you. He says, I was, I'm stupid, wealthy, and rich because I do good with it. And he was—he talks about wearing—he doesn't wear socks to save money. He still, at that time, drove his old Ford that was 11 years old. He wore a Timex watch. And he's just a super humble guy, as much as what you might see on media. When I met him, just a very pure, humble guy. Now, many times when people are high in media, a lot of accusations come. But that's what he was saying. So the Bible says, when you do good with little, much is given. So as we steward our heart, as we steward even tragic times, as we steward this, all of a sudden blessings begin to come because now I can steward that. It's the principle of a poverty mindset versus a wealth mindset. And like 70-some percent of NBA players file bankruptcy. Almost the same percentage of lottery winners, 60 to 70 percent, file bankruptcy within years after winning the lottery. Why? Because much was given, but they had the same heart. They have the same mindset with the footpaths and the stoniness. They have that same mindset, so they just, instead of spending a thousand, they spend a million in the same wasteful way. The Lord's saying, I want to entrust you. I want to entrust your heart. I want to entrust you things, and I want to add all things unto you. What, what does that look like? Matthew 6 is literally a single-hearted devotion, and it's connected to seeking the kingdom first, his righteousness, all these things being added, and not worrying because it's a devotion to the Lord, and he's so good amen how do you want to close you're the closer
1: I mean I guess we'll pray right um,
0: I think we should pray for all things that as our hearts pursue him and our hearts like seek him and his righteousness and these, these things like, like holiness isn't this thing that's feared fear itself isn't feared you know but really in this, in this heart issue that it's just intimacy with the Lord what do you think
1: it's good go for it (laughs) well god we just say thank you um that you are so loving and kind that that you sweetly and gently bring um your desire for us to the surface and and so just today is um or whenever people are hearing this we just we just thank you father that you are coming in to do a work in our hearts and and lord we 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 do that and we pursue that because we love you. Purely just because we love you and you love us. We're excited and thankful for what comes as fruit and as a result of that and that purity and that pursuit. And we just know that that your word says that all things will be added. And so we just declare that. We receive that. And I just thank you, Father. Lord, I just ask that as people really dig in this week into their hearts, Lord, that that you, that the Holy Spirit would just come and just be such a comforter as we walk through painful things, as we face things that you're asking us to deal with, Lord, but man, just deep down knowing, knowing that it is for our good, and it is for your glory, and so we just say yes, and amen, and we just praise you, and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name
0: today it's it's an invitation that holiness isn't this thing rooted in fear it's it's totally rooted in love righteousness is rooted in love and let me just tell you we can go far greater in love than we can in fear we can go far greater in love than we can in anxiety and worry and uh and i just i just want to pray a blessing over you and pray that that love will take root and that the same love that sent Jesus to the cross is the same love you'll feel right now, wherever you're at. Maybe for the first time. Maybe, maybe there's pain in your body. Maybe, maybe there's fear. Maybe there's anxiety that you're walking through. Maybe you are worrying about tomorrow. You're worrying about this week or next month and what the finances look like. God's got your back. He says that he goes on behalf of you to the Father, interceding on your behalf, and he's sitting next to the Father, and he's at rest, and he's at peace. And that's what we want to pray for you. Just, I'd love to pray a blessing. So, Lord, I just bless every person that's watching, that, Lord, that pursuit of righteousness, pursuit of rol- holiness is rooted in love. That it's not religion thinking that the church wants something, or God wants something back. That He just totally longs for intimacy and relationship. So, Lord, we, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for conquering death, hell, and the grave and inviting us in and walking this out in righteousness, walking this out, walking with you, Jesus, not alone, but with you, Jesus, that you give a, a desire in us, a heart in us to want to pursue you and want to please you and want to abide in you as you abide in us. So we thank you that that's an invitation, that's, that's not fear, that's not fear of punishment, That Lord, you did something. We know the wages of sin is death, but you give life, and you give forgiveness and grace, and it's rooted in love. So Lord, let us please you. Let us be discipled by you. Let us hear your voice. Let us feel you. So Lord, we just ask for healing. We ask for encounters, holy visitations, and Lord, just meet us right where you, right where we are, the way we need it. In Jesus' name, amen.